I love it when Taylor sings. You know, she has a beautiful voice, but she has an even more beautiful heart. I never forget when I was sitting in the audience one day and I was thinking, you know, Taylor would be perfect for Jeff. <laughs> I was thinking it. I was thinking and I didn't say anything. I prayed. And so one day when I got the telephone call that, uh, that this was happening, I go, I've been praying for that. Because look how the Lord brought them together and he's given them a ministry. He's given them a home. He's given them everything. And she just loves the Lord and she sings. And she was so little when she was in our church back in the Grange Hall. And she grew up to be a beautiful young lady to serve the Lord. And it touches my heart whenever she sings. It's a blessing. Shall we just open in prayer? Father, we thank you this morning for each one who has talent and and who uses their talent and their skills and abilities to serve you. And we thank you for Taylor. We thank you for Jeff. We thank you for every member of our church and for each one who works hard for the Lord. Like it says in the scriptures in the New Testament, Persis, who worked hard for the Lord. Help us to be like that. And we pray now that the Spirit of God would speak to us through the Word of God and make us more like the Lord Jesus. And teach us this morning, encourage us, challenge us, Hide me, Lord, behind the cross, and may your will be done this morning, and may you give us a portion to take home in our hearts to be encouraged with this week, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, the longer we live on this earth as Christians, the more thankful we are for where the Lord has brought us. All the things he's brought us through. You know, a lot of people say, if I could go back in life and I could rewind the tape, oh, the changes I would make in my life if I could do that. We'd all think about that, wouldn't we? Go back and change this. Go back and change that. Go back and change that. But you know what? We really honestly think about it. Would you really want to make any changes in your life? I wouldn't. It doesn't mean I've not made my share of mistakes and my sins and things I would do differently. But guess what? The Lord knows. And he's used all those things that I've done and all the things that have happened in my life for the good. So we wouldn't want to go back and change anything because God is at work in us. And he has a plan that's better than our plan. And if we were to try to go back and change it, all we would do is mess it up, make it worse. We would probably do something worse if we went back and changed it. But praise be to God. He knows what's best. He is working in our lives. Adel and I were driving in the car yesterday. We went to the farmer's market and he was teasing me a little bit because I've got a birthday coming up this month on the 27th. I'm going to hit number 56. Number 56, age number 56. And I never mind saying my age. And every year I add, I'm thankful because the Lord has brought me through another year. He's blessed my life. I'm so thankful. And really, when you think about it, we wouldn't want to exchange those things because all the trials and hurts and struggles and pains and sorrows that come into our life are used by God. They're blessings in disguise, as Taylor was saying this morning. And we didn't collaborate on the message in the song, but it, it goes together so well. And he's also given us our share of joys and shares of victories and successes and blessings in life. And he uses all of those things to make us what we are today. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. 
And he had a lot of things in his life he wasn't proud of. He used to persecute the Christians and put them in prison and put them to death and all those things. But he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. He's shown mercy to us. He's forgiven us of all those things in the past. He's used every circumstance of life. He's carried us for all the years. And if you've been saved for a little while or for a longer while, thank God that he's carried you thus far to this point. He's carried me to this point. The title of our message today is God leads us all the way. God leads us all the way. We're going to read a portion today from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's a wonderful chapter. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is writing to the new generation, to all those who were 20 and and younger, the ones that the parents died in the wilderness because of their lack of faith and disobedience and grumblings and all of those things. And now the new generation is instructed by Moses how to live how to walk with the Lord, how to let him lead their lives. And we see it in this passage. And I'm going to read this passage because the whole thing is an encouragement and a blessing. Deuteronomy chapter eight, beginning at verse one, says every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember the Lord your God, who led you all these the way these 40 years in the wilderness to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by Word, the word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as God chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in all his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. What a blessing. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranate, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land in whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the land, from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, 
that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. That you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this well. And you shall remember the Lord, your God, it is he who gives you power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then he says, then it shall be. If you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall all surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so shall you perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. This portion is a challenge to the nation of Israel. He's challenging them to remember where they've come from, that they were saved out of the land of Egypt, to remember where they've come from through the wilderness, through the Red Sea, passing through trial after trial and wars and all kinds of things. And now they're going to go into the promised land or they're going to get all the blessings that the Lord had promised them. It's all going to come to pass. They're going to have it. They're going to have it in abundance. And when all that comes true, don't forget the Lord. Don't forget to be obedient to the Lord. Don't forget to walk with him and give him glory and realize that everything you're going to get and everything you're going to have is from him. And the moment we fail to do that, we're going to fall just like the nation of Israel did. And when Pastor Khan was preaching on Wednesday night, I was so happy. And it was a great message at this prayer breakfast. And he had liberty like I've never seen anybody at an event like that have. And he showed the parallels between the nation of Israel and the church, the United States today. And there's a parallel with the church today. I think we've become so full, so full of ourselves, so full of all the blessings, so full of all the abundance that we have in the United States that we have forgotten the Lord. We've forgotten where all these blessings come from. That it's from him. It's not by working with our own hands or pulling up ourselves by our own bootstraps, as the world says. No, everything comes from the Lord. Everything. Our skills and our talents, our abilities, our education, our jobs, our homes, everything, our money. It comes from the Lord and we should never, ever forget that. Ever. And I really believe that prosperity today is one of the greatest hindrances to spiritual growth and and blessing in the Lord is the prosperity that we have because we start taking it for granted and we start thinking we did pretty good and we've achieved it and we've made it. And when we start doing that, we're going to go down for the count. We're going to fall because the Lord wants us to give thanks to him, trust him and remember he is the one who gives it to us. Today, we're going to look at three things briefly. We're going to see God's provision for the journey. Number two, God's plan for the journey. And number three, God's power for the journey. You know, when Moses spells it out here in the first verse, he, he puts it all out on these young people, all these ones that have been the children of the ones who came out of Egypt. And he says, every commandment which I command you today, you shall be careful to do it. Every commandment. Not leaving out one or two Every commandment. Remember Saul, that was his problem. It was incomplete obedience. So what was it? It was really disobedience. And when Samuel came to speak to him, he said in 1 Samuel 15, 22, as the Lord is great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. 
The Lord just wants us to be a humble, thankful, and obedient people. That's what he wants us to do. Is that so hard? He doesn't ask us to walk up the stairs on our knees or recite these long prayers or give certain amount of money. No, he said just be humble, be obedient, and be thankful. And when we do that, we're so blessed in our lives. He said you're going to go in and multiply in the land. I'm going to give you the land fully furnished, All the homes are fully furnished. Everything is going to be there for you. It's something you haven't worked for, but I'm giving it to you. I mean, it's great. I mean, can you imagine having the finest house? It's a model home and it's all ready to move in. And somebody hands you the deed to it and says, it's yours. Well, how much do I have to pay for it? Zero. I'm giving you this house and it's fully furnished and all these things. And that's what the Lord did for these people. And they weren't thankful and After all the Lord has given me and all the Lord has given to each one of us, sometimes we're not as thankful as we need to be and we need to be reminded of that lest we forget what he's done for us. Yes, I really believe that the devil really tries to to get under our skin. He tries to go after us and he tries to bring trials and he also brings prosperity. So he gives adversity and he gives prosperity and he tries to tempt us. He said, well, it didn't work too well what I did with Job because I brought all these testings and all these trials and, and, and it didn't work. We need, we need another plan here. We need another solution. And you can imagine the devil sitting at his table with all his evil demons thinking about ideas, how they can do it. And one says, let's, let's get them to doubt the Lord. Let's get them to doubt the Lord's love. Let's get them to uh, feel these, the pain of the trial and the loss in life and all these things. And the devil says, yeah, it works for some and it may be working, but we need a better, better idea here. And all of a sudden, one stands up and says, I've got an idea. We're looking at this the wrong way. What we need to do is give them everything they want, everything they could possibly want, all the prosperity in the world. Then they'll take their eyes off God and they'll put it on their own life and they'll think, look at what I've gotten. Yes. I'm going to honor you, he said to that. I'm going to give you the highest position for that idea you thought. The devil has strategies and he uses them on us all the time. But whether we prosper or we suffer adversity, we still need to stay close to the Lord and trust him at all times. Because it's even more important in prosperity to seek the Lord. This verse in verse 2 is so special to me. It says, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. The Lord says, for 40 years I tested them. They didn't pass the test very well. And sometimes we don't pass the test either. The Lord humbles us, he tests us, and he wants to see, are we going to love him just as much if he takes something from us? Are we going to love him just as much when we're going through hurting and tough times? Are we going to love him just as much when we prosper and we succeed and we achieve high success in this world? You know, you can thank the Lord just as much for an A as as for a C, because when the Lord is with us, we thank him for everything he gives us. And he knows what's best in our lives. He fed them with manna for 40 years. It lasted right up till the promised land and then the manna stopped. He gave them food from heaven. He gave them quail. He brought water out of the flinty rock. Can you imagine drinking water from a... I mean, we drink water from a bottle. We drink it from the tap. We drink it from the river, wherever. But how how many of us have ever drank water from a rock? 
Only God can bring water from a rock. Only God can do miracles in our lives. Last night we had dinner over at Jeff and Tay's and uh, Emmanuel and Sheila were with us and they were telling us about some miraculous things the Lord did in Pakistan with a couple, with a man who had a very serious disease. He was almost on the brink of death and there was, it was a Muslim couple and Muslims are very hard people to win to Jesus. They really, really are. But this man had seen Emmanuel in his life and he, and he knew him and he knew that he was a believer in Christ. And so he called Emmanuel to pray for him. And Emmanuel prayed for him and the, and the Lord worked a big miracle. This man was at the point of death. The doctor says he's going to die tonight. And the family is crying and everything. And Emmanuel came over and prayed with him and he was healed. The Lord chose to immediately heal him of this, in this big miracle. And it's just wonderful to think that our God is the God who loves us cares for us, and he works miracles in our lives. And we can all remember the way the Lord has taken us through in life. Miracle after miracle, blessing after blessing, provision after provision. And we should really be thankful because we don't deserve any of it. We really don't deserve any of God's blessings in our life. Yes, it's true. And their clothes didn't wear out. Their sandals didn't wear out for 40 years. It was so tremendous. And it's so true. There's a hymn that says this. It says, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed us yet. I, I know from experience he's never failed me yet. And I'm sure you can all say the same thing. The Lord has never failed us. He has been with us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's never said, Dean, you're on your own for this one. You blew it too much. I'm not going with you. No. Even Moses with the people of Israel said, we're not going to go one step unless you come with us, Lord. We need you for the journey and we need him for the journey of life, too, because we don't know what we're going to face in terms of life's difficulties, even today, let alone tomorrow morning. But the Lord has a perfect track record. He never failed. I don't know how many of you ever uh, follow boxing, but uh, Floyd Merriweather is the, is the champion in, and he has 44 and 0. He's never lost. He's never lost a fight 44 and 0. Well, Jesus has an even better record than that. How about 10 million and 0? He's never failed. He's, he's, he's got a perfect record. But when this boxer gets into the ring, he feels pretty confident because he's never lost. He's never lost. Jesus never loses. And he's in us in the fight with us. He's in the battle with us. He's right there to help us. Monday morning, Tuesday night, Thursday morning, whatever it is, he's with us and we can thank the Lord for that. He's perfect in all his ways. And sometimes the Lord has to chasten us in life. Now, what is chastening? That's kind of an old word that's used. Another word for discipline, another word for spanking. You know, there's a big controversy today. Should we spank our kids? Should we not spank our kids? And it's been going on since the day of my mom's uh, generation. And even before that, Dr. Spock came along and said, don't spank your kids. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. We need spankings. The kids need spankings. They need to know the rules. They need to know what they need to do right so they'll grow up in the, in the fear of the Lord. Well, we as Christians need spankings too. And just like the little one doesn't like the spanking, just as the parent doesn't like to give the spanking, we as Christians don't like to receive it. God doesn't like to give it, but hey, 
we need the spanking sometimes. We need to be set straight. And if somebody comes up to you and sets you straight in the Lord, you can really be thankful for a person like that because they love us. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11, it says this. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, the Lord is the perfect disciplinarian. He loves us, and yet he wants the best for us also. He doesn't want us to go astray. He doesn't want to go, have us go far from him. He wants us to be on that straight and narrow path and to be pleasing to him. So sometimes he's got to bring a little turbulence into our life. He's got to bring some trials in, into our life. I love that story of the little girl on the airplane because here she was. Everybody is so nervous with all the things happening. They think they're going to crash and huge things happening to the plane. The little girl's there. She probably got her, you know, her iPad and she's going through that. And then the man asked her later, you know, why, why weren't you so, why weren't you nervous? Why weren't you bothered? Why weren't you upset like everybody else and scared? Well, my daddy's the pilot and he said he's going to get me in there. The Lord Jesus Christ is the pilot. He's going to get us there. He got the people to the promised land. He's going to get us to heaven. And on this journey, it's going to be tough. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be joyful times. But all through the journey, it's for our learning, for our instruction, and for our betterment. He has our good in mind. So that's his provision. We can look back and say, God has provided for me all the time from the day I've been saved. And I think remembering the day of our salvation is one of the things we should do often. Often. Because we remember back to when we were lost and when we had no hope and when we didn't have the Lord in our lives. And we should remember how he saved us. And if you're here today and you don't have that, that truth, if you don't have the Savior in your life, if he hasn't come into your heart, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Believe in him that he died on the cross for your sins and accept him as your Savior. Then you can have all that we're talking about today. You can have the Lord with you. You can have the hope of heaven the forgiveness of sins, and all these things if we trust in Jesus. Secondly, God has a plan for our life, and he's going to give them a good land. It says a good land, a fruitful land, and a prosperous, productive land. It says in this passage here in the eighth chapter that they're going to have plenty of water, which is so needed, wonderful hills and valleys, and plenty of great food. Oh, I'd like to see a scene of that when they were in that land because it was so beautiful. There's going to be a greater land that we've got than even their land, even the United States or any other beautiful country you can think of. Heaven's going to be better than that. And we're going there. We're on the journey to the promised land. Karina, you're there. She's there. So many have gone now with, to be with the Lord that we've known over the years. They're already there. They're already at the party. They're waiting for us and we're going to join them. But right now we're still on the journey. He's still got something for us to do here until he does take us to be with himself. A number of years ago, I went to the Bible bookstore. There was one over here in Pleasant Hill in those days. And there was also, of course, the lighthouse down here in Dublin. And they had a nutrition bar and it was called the Bible bar. And you think, when I first looked at it, the Bible bar, what's the Bible bar? And then it says, well, it's all the ingredients of the foods from the Bible. 
taken from where? Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to show you where the ingredients. You don't even need the label. It's right here in chapter uh, 8. And it says, with regard to it, of, of what this uh, Bible bar really has, has to do. Let's see where that verse is. It's verse 8. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Those are the ingredients of the Bible bar. So I ate it and I think, wow, that tastes really good. And it's right from the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 8. I thought that is really, really good. And the Lord knows the best gifts to give to his children. He really does. And the scripture says it well in James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He knows how to give us good gifts. And when they came into this land, they found all the rocks there were like iron. Good, solid, good soil, good, solid rock. And they even could get the copper from the ground. And they had all the natural resources at that time. Yes, they had it all. And yet Moses reminds them in verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given to you. Fantastic, the good land. And yet, has God given us good things? Yes. Has he given us good gifts? Yes. Has he prospered us and blessed us? Yes. Are we thankful? Not as much. Instead, we tend to grumble. And sometimes we catch ourselves complaining. And complaining, why don't I have this? Why did this happen? Complaining. That's why Paul, writing to the Philippians, in the same letter he wrote about joy and rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, he wrote to them because they needed to hear this message too. He said, do all things without grumbling or without complaining and disputing. You know, you can't complain and thank God at the same time. It's not possible. You can't do it at the same time. So if we plan out ourselves right and we thank the Lord all the time, that grumbling is not going to come out. But I'm the first guilty one to grumble. And it's so easy. If it's too hot, we complain. If it's too cold, it's a complaint. Sunny day, it's too much sun, too bright, burns our skin. If it's rainy day, we can't go outside, rainy day. I mean, we always complain about something. But the Lord says, turn it around, count your blessings. I love that song. We've sang it on Wednesday nights many times. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Many blessings. God has done it. It's not from what we get on our own. It's what he gives to us. And he gives it in abundance. We should never forget the blesser and just take the blessing. We never should. He's the blesser. And he gives us so many things. Look what he gave them here. He gave them lavish meals, beautiful homes, prosperous businesses. Now, in those days, they had herds and and sheep and those kind of things. But he gave them a great business and he gave them big bank accounts. He gave them gold and he gave them silver. And he says, I'm going to give all this to you. But be careful. Be aware. Beware of that prosperity that you don't forget where your blessings come from what you've been through and where you're going to. It's very important for us to remember that. Because in verse 17, it says, Then you shall say in, my, in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this well. No, it doesn't work that way. 
Verse 18 gives the remedy for it, though. It says, remember that it is God that gives you the power to get this well. There is nothing we have that God has not given to us. And when Adel and I were driving in the car yesterday and after I dropped him off, I was thinking, wow, Lord, you have taken care of me almost 56 years of my life. I was saved and truly saved in 1991. And I'm so thankful that though I am a sinner, I'm saved by God's grace and I can look back and see every blessing at every point in my life. There have been times I've been out of work. There have been times I've been sick. There have been times they want to put me through the heart surgery and all these things that happen in my life. And the Lord was with me every step, every step. And he never left me and he never will. The Lord is good. He gives us strength and he gives us health. He gives us talents and he gives us wealth. He gives us all the abilities and all the love, all from our great heavenly father above. What a blessing. Some of you read the uh, message version, and I think it says it pretty well in the message version for these couple of verses here, 17 and 18. It says, if you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this and by myself, I'm rich. It's all mine. Well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant as he promised to your ancestors as it is today. You know, it's an amazing thing how we can get our focus so off the Lord and put it on ourselves and on what we have and on just us. But life is not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and what he's doing, what he's given. And we can be so thankful for that. There was a man named Ken, and I've never seen the name spelled Ken, K-I-N, for a, for a man's name, but that was his name. Ken Hubbard, he said this, I'll say this for adversity. People seem to be able to stand it. And that's more than I can say for prosperity. And that's true. We can get through sometimes adversity and trust the Lord and cling to him and cling to his promises. But then when prosperity comes, that's when we really have a hard time. And so we have to be on guard whether we go through adversity or prosperity. Remember to thank the Lord for what he's done and trust him for everything that is to come. This is a beautiful chapter. Go home and read it again. God's blessings on the new generation. God's word of truth. He says, I'm going to give you the provision." Because I've got the plan for your life and I've got the power for you to live by. All you have to do is trust me, have faith, believe in me, and I will be your strength. I will be your salvation. I will be your help. It's such a blessing. The Lord never gives up on us. He never does. He didn't give up on Peter. He didn't give up on Jonah. He didn't give up on Abraham at different times in his life. All of us are not perfect. He didn't give up on David. He doesn't give up on us. He just says, come, take my hand. You know, if you have the bulletin and you have it there in front of you, this is what it's all about in the Christian life. This is, of course, about a father and a son. But this is, think of this. This is God's hand. This is our hand. And he's going to walk with us all the way. He's going to walk with us all the way. Can you get lost when you're holding God's hand? Can you get fearful like Randy was talking about fear last week? Can you get fearful if you're holding on to God's hand? No. Can you get anxious or troubled or bothered or want to quit and give up? No, we can feel that way sometimes. But when we remember, he's got hold of our hand and we're in his hand. 
and he's going to get us through victoriously. And that is so beautiful to remember that. And it's not about us having to remember to hold on to God's hand and somehow if we get weak, we're going to let go and and we're going to lose touch with him. No, he's got our hand. He's the one holding on to the child's hand, to our hand. He's going to get us through. And that gives me a lot of comfort, a lot of hope and encouragement that when we face things in life, whatever comes, whatever we face tomorrow or later today, we face it with the Lord right with us, taking our hand, getting us through it. He already knows what we're going to go through. He's already brought us through so many difficult things. And he loves us and he says, I'm going to take you all the way. He's going to lead us all the way through. Shall we just close in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to strengthen us and help us? Father, we pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know the Lord Jesus and they're trying to live their life on their own, Lord, they're trying to make it. They're going through tough times and and they're going through struggles and Lord, we just pray that they will come to the cross today, Lord, and they will just surrender it over to you and and admit, Lord, that they're sinners and that they need salvation through you, that you died on the cross for them. Lord, we pray for anyone here to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we know, Lord, that you will change their lives and give them hope and peace and eternal life and forgiveness. And Lord, for those of us who've been Christians and we've been on the journey for a long time, help us to remember back to when we were saved and how you saved us out of the clutches of the devil and gave us eternal life, Lord, and and gave us light in the midst of darkness. And we pray as we go on this journey in life, Lord, help us to hold your hand, to go with you, to allow you to do those works of grace in us, to make us the people you want us to be. Forgive us, Lord, when we doubt. Forgive us when we fear. Forgive us when we give up and and want to give up. And forgive us when we complain, Lord, and we think that we can't do it. Forgive us when we take credit for things when we shouldn't. It's all you, Lord. And so help us to be your people, serving you faithfully. And we just ask now your blessing upon each one in the congregation. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.